Did you know that a sandwich is just not a sandwich without the tangy zip of Miracle Whip? <laughs> Gross. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slay. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slay. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, we're talking about the launch of HBO Max. Ooh, Maxinistas over here. Exactly. Uh, We're going to get into more details for Zack Snyder's Justice League. Oh my god! I feel like there's gonna be uh, there's gonna be Snyder cut news every single week, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. I mean, we're kind of Again? in quarantine now, so <laughs> well, yeah, we had the the rumored Snyder cut, and now we have the confirmed Snyder cut news. Yeah, so there we gonna, go. It's gonna be fun. I think I think it's just that initial rush. So we'll we'll see. Uh, you, did you know you can watch The Simpsons in classic four three ratio? Finally, they've listened. <laughs> and more and more. I think Ooh. they listened. I think they just stole Hulu's version, and then they were like, <laughs> "Wait a minute, we got we yeah, got to do them right." I do like the idea of like maybe the most efficient way to get these four by three original um, versions is they had to hunt down like a hard drive. I just like to imagine a real person in like a real office just trying to locate a physical object to give people like the streaming versions that they want. Like, I know it's here somewhere. Where is it? I labeled it. It was here last year. I don't know where I put it. And, you know, I I just find it funny that there's like some sort of scavenger hunt to give people what they want. Come to find out it was in his back jeans pocket. He'd washed it three (laughs) days ago, but that flash drive still worked. So (laughs) that's got to be a beefy, uh, beefy flash drive. But on the technical side of things, uh, animation files are notoriously smaller than yeah. um, than live action files, so who knows? It could have spit on a spit on a flash drive. Well, um, any, I, I just go ahead. Well, <laughs> anymore, it's all pixel count, so I don't know. But anyway, go on. <laughs> but I just wanted to get this uh, out of the way off the top of the show. Uh, a lot of craziness happening yeah. out in the world. Uh, obviously, it feels weird not to mention it at all. But like we always do on this show, I think we like to treat it as like an escape. You know, if things are really stressful right now in your life, you know, lots of avenues uh, attacking you right now. Just, you know, you can take a step back at least for an hour, kind of enjoy us talking about relatively meaningless stuff, mm-hmm. you know, decompress and then get back out into the world and fight the good fight. So, uh so on to let everybody know we're out there we're supporting you uh in in the ways that we can yeah exactly and and and, you know honestly uh we we may be more frustrating than real life sometimes but you know we 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 try we try Mm. we try we do Uh, our best over here yeah i've I've heard people yell through at us through this all the time so that's that's fun i enjoy that thank you for for listening and all the comments and the people who comment on uh all of our stuff you know if you want to leave a comment and anytime during this anywhere at all let us know uh just do it Uh, tag us yeah, shout out to uh, what is it, L- Lumina yeah. Orcus to, uh, over on YouTube who yeah. uh, who gave us like a full block of text. Yeah, uh, and, it, and it was over uh, the the Snyder cut, and you know, um, a lot of people. I, I know a lot of people in the superhero commun- community are very divided. Uh, DC Marvel people, but he was very civil about it, and I really appreciate his input and feedback. So you, you know, all kinds of passion is yeah. good. You know, as long as the passion, as long as your passion doesn't hurt anybody, it, it's not bad. So mm-hmm. uh, I love, I love seeing the feedback. Yeah, Snyder cut, air cut. I mean, you know, <laughs> give. Well, I don't know. Maybe the air cut doesn't need all that passion. Yeah. Maybe I'll make some caveats. Give me the trank cut, a Fantastic Four, Mike. I'll oh watch it gosh. again. No, I won't. I, I won't. Watch it again. <laughs> uh, I, w- I will always remember the time Mike got burned by the extended 
limited edition of Batman v Superman. I paid for that. that. Yeah. I paid for that. <laughs> yeah, it was. Uh, and then we had to talk about it. Two two review episodes on the same, pretty much the same movie oh across gosh. the board. Um, but this week, you know, we, we we are good because we are in a uh, interesting spot in, in in the world, Mike, because we have a lot of good content to choose from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been uh, watching them and trying to push on to you and everybody else I can talk to the Mandalorian documentary on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's currently a weekly series. What are we on? Five, four, five? Maybe? Yeah, I think so. Five because episode. Uh, four was the technology episode. Yes, and Mikey, you got to watch that this week, I believe, for the first time as well. It was awesome. I mean, we talked about kind of the technology behind the show a little bit uh, with the kind of uh, the interactive display, the volume, whatever it is that they call it, because they had like a little uh, Mandalorian like behind-the-scenes video a few months back, but this was like a a full 30 minutes dedicated to this piece of technology. And let me tell you, that video wall is only a fraction of the cool stuff they did for this show. Um, mm-hmm. they, I mean, we talk about, you know, they got the video walls, but not also, like, when they showed this, I don't want to ruin anything, but, like, you got to see it to believe it. The camera, they when John Favreau worked on The Lion King, he took that VR technology, he shot that in, and applied it to this show. So the cameras have this VR parallax effect, and when they point them at the screen in real time, the background changes based on yeah. where the focal point is. And that's just... A mind-blowing kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, they do a really good job explaining it, but it's still so cutting-edge that my mind still can't wrap my head around it. It, Mm -hmm. Because it's just like the camera is like living inside of a real-time video game. So it's like the camera is like a first-person video game character, but the the camera is also viewing people in real life at the same time. So it's like the camera is actually recording a television screen, and there's a person in between it, but yeah. also that television screen is updating in life. I thought one of the cooler shots was when they had like a... Um, when they had like a behind the scenes camera on set, just kind of recording them filming something. And you could kind of see the parallax shift yeah. on the screen where it's like, you can't really, you don't really notice that, you know, when you're watching the show, cause you don't have the context of the screen and the rafters and everything around it. And like the little black clips that hold thing up that holds. And it's just like, Oh, it's just really cool. And, you know, even when the even when they have a what's his face on top of the broken Tie Fighter and he's kind of looking over oh, the yeah. landscape, they have, to ex- they have to put like a normal green screen behind him because it's still a little too high. It, it was really cool. I like the I like I also like the thing where they kind of talked about like oh we would go try to like lean on something on set we'd try to move a physical prop but then we'd get confused and we'd go and touch a TV screen and it wasn't real so. <laughs> I mean, what we're probably maybe ten or fifteen years away until this is probably Standard. in a mall somewhere, and yeah. we can actually go experience it in real life. Yeah, I can't wait for the uh, the the mall music video scene to come back with this kind of technology. You know, you go go film your own music video. Oh yeah, that's this. not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, I think I think it's there. And what's cool also about it is you know. They, they, I didn't realize there was a ceiling above everything. And what was the fun parts is when they're filming the, the space stuff with the stars and how they yeah. had that move and how I don't know if they talked about in this one or in the, the one after, which is actually about practical effects in this because there's a lot of practical effects. Is that you know they studied George George's um, stuff from A New Hope and a little bit about Return to the Empire, but like mostly A New Hope and how he made space move and how they mm-hmm. imitated that in the show to feel into that. Star Wars world. So, um, 
which is which has been which has been a fun time. And, and so I recommend it. Anyone who's not watched it yet, I think there's like three more. But man, this the show is just awesome. Yeah, on all. it's very it's very motivational. Any sort of like behind the scenes stuff when it comes to uh, creating any sort of art, you know, will really motivate you. I was watching that technology episode. Now it's just like, what do I have to do to like do that for a living? Like, should, do I need to go back to school? Should I just download the Unreal Engine and see if I can kind of like mess around a little bit? Um, I really like uh, the YouTube channel Corridor Digital. Uh, they have a second channel called the Corridor Crew, which I think is actually almost more popular than their main channel now. They do a lot of VFX artists react and stuff like that, but they're out here in LA, so they're quarantined just like everybody else. But they're also dabbling in kind of like this Unreal mm-hmm. Engine, like virtual set type of thing. So it's it's starting to already trickle down to just kind of like normal consumers just on normal well, desktop computers. So they did a fun little thing where they were doing like virtual characters and it all looks kind of janky because, you know, they're just kind of whipping things out real quick. But it's cool that it's already starting, prolifer- it's already starting to proliferate down past you know Hollywood big budgets yeah and the other thing is you know again we VR sets are very very affordable I was looking at the mm-hmm. Oculus Quest I think or the Go the portable one the other day and it's like $150-$200 and there's a PlayStation application called Dreams I don't know if you've heard of this Mm-hmm. Uh, people have been recreating classic video games or scenes in this game Dreams. Like, it's a games within games. And people are just making these, which is fantastic. So I expect that to, to, to really take off and, yeah. and do some stuff with that. What else is also really fascinating, like, I never would have thought, like, Face Unlock that came with uh, phones was going to lead to all of this face-capturing uh, technology. Um, like, with the Unreal Engine, there's an actually there's a companion phone app that you can download. I would assume that there's probably some licenses or some sort of connection that you have to do. I don't have it, but I saw it online. Well, where you the, can hold the oh, Unreal ahead. Engine is free until you make like a million dollars, I think. Oh yeah, that's right. So maybe the app is free. Uh, basically, what I was trying to say is I don't know how to use it. Yeah. But uh, it uses the IR blaster on your phone, so it will capture your face uh, acting live, and it will send it to your 3D modeled character. And depending on how well you have it rigged, you can just like already start animating like a like a 3D character. It's just really crazy how cool. like uh, consumer friendly. All of this stuff is now, well, and uh, you don't even have to leave your quarantined uh, like studio apartment if you want to start making well, like the next Pixar film. Well, it's funny you say that because literally everything that we've seen so far. Have you seen the Disney sing-alongs on Disney Plus yet? No, not yet. Okay, that uh, the uh, did you see the latest episode of Tiger King where they did the interviews? Uh, yes. Okay, so all these producers are sending everyone, even from Disney to Tiger King, iPhones and AirPods. Mm-hmm. Because the iPhone camera and the AirPod quality is baseline good enough to work across all this stuff. And mm-hmm. these are things you can go pick up off a shelf today. Yeah. Add in the camera, the face sensor. Um, the new iPad Pro has LiDAR detection for, for uh, like complete AR, VR immersion. So like this technology is literally stuff you can just go buy off a shelf now. And that's fantastic so. yeah and to tie it back into the mandalorian documentary in that technology episode they uh named one of the chapters uh george's garage because george lucas was always talking about how eventually this technology people are going to be able to make these movies like in their own garage and they were i mean they were right they were saying that george was thinking about this whole setup that they're running now on mandalorian like years ago but you know that just wasn't feasible it wasn't possible you know he had to do green screen so it's kind of 
of nice having this um, post-mortem view of the prequels through kind of George's mind. It's just like, you know, yeah, he probably didn't really, he didn't really nail down the acting. You know, maybe the story wasn't told in the most compelling way, but man, he was a forward thinking Mm -hmm. son of a bitch. That's for sure. Yeah. So, and it's cool that even though he has totally sold Star Wars off to Disney, that he still like can go to set because everybody who's working on Star Wars, I mean, I'm not saying George Lucas would be banned from ever going to these sets, but everyone's such a fan of him still. They're just like, hell yeah, you can you can walk on any movie set you want in the entire planet. It doesn't you don't have to be invited. You can just walk on. People love him. Well, he's revered, and, and, and simply because George was also a world creator, he he built the world of Star Wars, and you know, not mm. necessarily the movies. Uh, but like you know, you hear Dave Filoni talk about him and like how he admires him and how much do we love Dave Filoni and what he does? Oh, Dave so, Filoni, he's our he's our bro now. Yeah, yeah, he's he. Well, now that he's got a face out there, right? He's not just a name on a screen somewhere. Mm-hmm. He's directing live action. I think you know that's that's just really awesome. And that brings me to my next thing. It's not on this list, Mike. I finally started watching Avatar: The Last Airbender. Yes! Uh-oh. Yay! Round of applause, everybody. Yeah, thank uh, you. I would say I would say pull over in your cars and round of applause, but no one's driving anywhere right now. So. Yeah, and if you are, just just, just don't. It's fine. Uh, just just do it. Think about it in your head. Um, and on the, the first two episodes, that's as far as I've got because I, I was like I had low quality versions. I had to get the high quality versions, Mike. Uh-huh. Um, nice. Dave Filoni is the director of both of those intro episodes, mm-hmm. so uh, his his. his uh, I, you, I can feel this is early Star Wars, his early Star Wars work in here already. Like how he's built the characters in the world and their interactions. Yeah. So sometimes it's sometimes it's hard to recommend kind of like young kid or I guess no older kid friendly cartoons to adults because you're never really sure how they're gonna take it. You know because they're you're telling these themes for a, a much younger audience. But yeah, once you kind of get into the whole world building mythology of just Avatar, it's just it's just all engrossing and so much fun and then soka is just hilarious i love that character yeah yeah so i'm, I'm working my way through that like i said two episodes in um uh, some other stuff i was watching this week i was able to catch up on prop culture a couple more episodes of that show have you started yeah, that yet i need i keep forgetting to watch it because it sounds right up my alley yeah uh this week uh there this week i watched at least honey i shrunk the kids and um if you've been missing rick moranis he is in there so if you want to go check you some Rick Moranis out, that's a that's a Ooh, that's the episode man. to watch. Rick Moranis, he's the man. Yeah, he 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 is way less goofy in person than he is in his in his movie roles. So <laughs> that's, that's that's a little disappointing there all around. But but that's it. I, the stuff I watched the rest of the week is actually later in our notes, Mike. But go ahead and tell us you've been on a Corin stream yet again. What's yes, up? What's that's it? right. Come on over to my corn stream corner as I show off my wares to all of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, the biggest thing to uh, tell everybody to watch is I know I've been uh, dunking on Apple Plus uh, for a while on this show, saying nobody's watching it, and still nobody I know has really been watching Apple Plus. I think some people might apprehensively have the service after like buying an iPhone, but no one's really talking about Apple Originals. But thanks to uh, Chris's streaming service, which I Mm-hmm. I am subscribed to one of few users that's uh, allowed to use it. I was finally able to watch Mythic Quest colon Raven's Banquet. I'll get the whole title in there for you from the yeah. basically the crew that made Always Sunny in Philadelphia, you know, made this show about what's it like for a company that makes basically World of Warcraft. And uh, I have to say the whole concept really turned me off when I heard about the show because I'm just like, how many times have I seen like a sitcom, a TV show or a movie do their best to kind of show what it's like to make a video game? And they always like just get the total workplace culture like 
um, just totally wrong, but I feel mm. like this show really gets it. Uh, there's a great just kind of standalone isolated episode about halfway through the season that just kind of really shows you what the early uh, version of the video game industry was like. And all the characters are really funny. Uh, it gets a little dicey sometimes with what they think their video game actually does because it's presented as like an MMO, like a World of Warcraft style of game, you know, where there's expansion packs and there's loot and there's spells and all this stuff. But then they kind of uh, branch off into gameplay mode that sometimes looks like Street Fighter, which, you know, th those two just don't go together. But, you know, you can look overlook some of that stuff just because the story's good, the characters are great. And also they had a nine season, uh, I mean, a nine episode first season, but then they mm -hmm. came back like two weeks ago, unbeknownst to me, for uh, a 10th corn stream. Uh, not corn stream. Hey, that's yeah. my uh, that's my trademark. They did a quarantine uh, pandemic episode where uh, it all happened over webcams, but I thought this worked really, really well because, you know, we saw Parks and Rec do it. Uh, we saw Community do a table read, which was kind of different, but uh, this was great kind of because it all worked. I mean, this is, uh, this is how a video game company is probably actually operating right now. They're all doing yeah. it through, you know, FaceTime or Zoom calls, and it was all really, really funny. So uh, props to... Um, uh, props to uh, Raven's Quest and the crew and all the creators over there. So I can finally officially recommend a Apple Plus show. So I think this was renewed for a second season, like before the first. I think all of the Apple Plus shows are renewed for like a second season before the service even launched. So I'm happy to see more of uh, Mythic Quest. So if anybody out there is, you know, going to be buying like a new iPhone, you know, you got something waiting for you over there on that streaming service. But Chris, you have all the episodes now. I think you need to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a request. Are they 22 minute episodes or hour long episodes? Uh, no, they're 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 half hour episodes. Okay. Um, I would say, you know, uh, the pilot is very much a pilot. You know, you kind of got to move past it a little bit things really start kicking the kicking the the tires really start kicking on episode two so uh i can i can recommend okay. mythic quest yeah well i mean i i have it so i could i could watch it yeah anyway. so we'll we'll move on over to uh move 15 degrees inside of my quarantine corner we'll see the next movie poster and that is for uh, uncut gems which has finally landed on netflix it's been on netflix international for like a long time now so now us here in the united states you can finally stream it for free uh, if you want to see Adam Sandler not act like a doofus, kind of like for the first time in your life, he does a really good job at it. He plays this kind of like this scummy, uh, just gambling addicted uh, jewelry um, uh, merchant, and it's really intense. Uh, sh pretty shocking ending, and uh, overall, I would uh, recommend it if you just kind of want to see a study and just tension. You just feel like really uncomfortable during the whole movie, but that's kind of what they were going for. Um, I thought one thing that I thought was pretty funny that might um, make people a little bit more interested in the film. the The movie just came out last year, but the movie is technically a period piece, and it's set in like 2012. I believe. So the yeah. whole time we're watching this movie, I'm like, why is this movie set in 2012? You know, they go out of their way to kind of show older iPhones with like with you know large bezels on them and like older ear pods. And I'm just like, why are the why does this have to be set in 2012? Well, I looked it up, and the and the production of the movie was delayed, and they had to push it to film it during NBA season. And the movie stars uh, Kevin Garnett. 
so they had so what they had to do is they had to hire a um, basically a retired basketball player because all of the basketball players were playing you know in the current season so it was like well we can hire Kevin Garnett to be our basketball player but he's retired so we have to set the movie in 2012 so it makes sense that he's still playing basketball so I thought that was a pretty funny touch so if you if you're curious why the movie takes place in 2012 that's why so I thought that was pretty funny creative problem solving that's what I like to see um, in Hollywood gotta so, do it in the writers room yes gonna do it there so yeah go check out uncut gems uh it's free if you got netflix uh on to the second to last item for the list we got rammy season two i think i mentioned the first season of rammy uh last year I, on the podcast i don't remember what it is give me an overview. uh it's a it's a hulu uh series from a24 you know the the production house that usually kind of does these like uh do they do uncut uh, gems uh, yeah, actually, they did, actually. So there you go. There's a perfect transition. Uh, so Rami season two, it's about uh, this kind of like mid-20-something um, uh, Muslim guy that lives in New York City, and all of his friends are just kind of like going through life, trying to balance being Muslim and also trying to be like a modern person with, you know, uh, all of the amenities that life presents us. It kind of sounds strange. It feels like, are you trying to tell me to watch this religious show? And like, it, that's not how it is. It's actually really, really <laughs> funny. So I'd recommend Rammy, if you kind of just want to watch something outside of maybe a perspective that you're used to, uh, it's like uh, written, directed, performed all by, you know, people that are Muslim. So you get like this really authentic look of, of what it's like to kind of be uh, Muslim living in America. And I've actually say I've learned a couple things and I've laughed along the way, Chris. <laughs> so okay. I would recommend Rammy over on Hulu. It's really good. So it's a comedy. Uh, Yes, it's a comedy for sure. Uh, and then finally, this will dovetail into HBO Max a little bit later into the into the show. But I was finally able to watch Craig of the Creek, uh, which is a Cartoon Network show, which uh, landed on HBO Max. And it's really, really fun. It's got a really kind of addictive... Um, uh, what's a, uh, what's a, what's the, what's the music style I'm thinking of? It's got like the trombones and the trumpets and the guitars. It's like, uh, it's, it's like kind of like ska, ska music. Like yeah, ska. that's what it is. Yeah. They kind of like a ska-esque intro. So it's like really addictive and it's just about these kids that go hang out at the creek after school. And that's just, uh, they have all this whole creek life around them. So it's, it's really fun. Uh, Terry Crews voices the father, at least very briefly in the pilot. I don't know if that continues on throughout the series or not. So that was cool to see Terry Crews because I love that guy. So, yeah, if you just kind of needed – if you just need, like, a lighthearted thing that maybe you want to share with your kids, uh, go watch Craig of the Creek. It was really fun. I've, I only, I'm have i only, like, four episodes in, but uh, it was right up my alley because, you know, when you don't grow up in a city, I think, Chris, you and I kind of both grew up in rural areas. Mm-hmm. You much more rural than me. Yes. Uh, all you really had was kind of what was around your house when you got out of school, and sometimes that was just the woods in your backyard or the creek down the road, and you just kind of made your own little adventure. So kind of brought me back to that time watching Craig of the Creek. Okay. Well, that sounds like a, some, and that's on HBO Max? Yes, that is on HBO Max underneath the Cartoon Network little uh, little tab, little circle, How, whatever user interface you're using yeah. for HBO Max. I know it's not Roku user interface, so yeah. uh, you're going to have to wait for that. Well, we'll talk about all those later. we got a big HBO Max section. So let's go ahead and jump into um, some potentialities here. We were talking about George Lucas at the top of the show, and actually mm-hmm. our first topic covers George Lucas himself. So um, there was uh, the Star Wars Underworld show. You remember we talked about this? We saw some footage that, that they filmed yeah. uh, a while back. Apparently, the series, he had like 100 scripts, and they didn't film anything, but it had no budget constraints. Could you imagine a Star Wars live-action show with no budget constraints? Especially back then. Um, There is some behind-the-scenes stuff 
for that production that's out there online. So if you kind of want to see how they arrange the sets, and now that you bring it up, I'm I'm recalling what that looked like, and that kind of looked like the Mandalorian set obviously yeah. without the fancy TVs. It was just a big green room. They had like props like sitting down. They had characters in costume. And that meant that they were going to do probably the exact same production um, uh, pipeline as they did in the prequels for a TV show. And God, I can only imagine how expensive that would have been back then. Yeah. Well, the CG work has, has become, like you said, consumer friendly at the top of the show. And now back then it wasn't like that's that's mm-hmm. a whole studio or multiple studios doing all the effects uh, for, for a TV show. And I would have loved to see that, um, but at the same time, I don't think that would have aged very well. Yeah, because back then, you really had to find creative ways to cut corners. You know, there wouldn't have been a whole lot of CG aliens, or if they were, they would be like merchants, and you would only see them from like the torso up behind a counter. They would never walk out from behind it. Uh, So, you know, maybe it is for the best that we kind of waited until we could really pull it off, because you know what they did in the meantime when they couldn't do that? They gave us things like the Clone Wars and Mm -hmm. animated stuff, which turned out really good, and they didn't really have to worry about mixing live action with well, CG. And I think we've talked about this before. When you give a director no budget constraints, bad things happen. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you let the idea of, like, I can do anything get in the way of, like, how do I solve a problem in filmmaking, right? So mm-hmm. you give them a budget, they have to film in that, that constraints, and you can get really creative and really awesome things out of that. So I, I think, you know, uh, an unhinged um, director can come out of an un, you know, refined or unfined box there, so... Uh, thankfully, we, you know, I, I think they, I'm, I'm thankful we didn't get it, but I think these scripts still have an opportunity to possibly come into like maybe a, a digital thing, like a an animated version, or, or possibly rewritten into smaller seasons like The Mandalorian. I think the weirdest thing about it, thinking it, I thought it was like scheduled or slated for CBS. Which I think is just really funny to imagine like a Star Wars show on CBS, you know, the home of like the Big Bang Theory. So uh, I, ju- I just find that humorous. Yeah. And, and CBS, well, I think it would have been Fox, right? Because Fox owns Star Wars. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it really just depends on who wants to pay for it, you yeah. know, because uh, I think Big Bang Theory isn't even technically a CBS property. I, I think it's NBC owned. Um, or is it Warner Brothers since it's on HBO Max? Who knows anymore, Chris? Yeah. You need spreadsheets to understand Hollywood. Now. Yeah, there's a lot of contracts we don't get to see, uh, and, and it's going to make some guesswork. Uh, but speaking of contracts and, and guesswork, we always wonder how long will people stay in the MCU, right? Uh, mm-hmm. we always hear, we're always worried about when will Spider-Man go back to Sony because they've done something stupid. Um, but no worries here. J.K. Simmons has signed up for multiple Spider-Man films in the MCU specifically. <sighs> Look at that. J.K. Simmons. I wonder that- if he has, like... I wonder if he has fond memories of being J. Jonah Jameson in the original Spider-Man movies. Like, I mean, obviously I shouldn't just make judgments on J.K. Simmons, but he doesn't seem like much of a nerdy guy. But who knows? He could have grown up reading Spider-Man comics. It just seems like he really he really enjoys playing in the Spider-Man universe if he wants to go ahead and jump back on the bandwagon again as the same character. Right, and, and he, he it's one of those things where if you try to cast, again right now, um, a, an older Professor Xavier. How do you replace, uh, you know, Captain John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart? You know, like how mm-hmm. do you, what, what does that look like? He he defined that role for so long, and then we had you know James uh, McAvoy do the younger version, but he was younger, right? That's, mm-hmm. that's fine. But like, how do you how do you go from J.K. Simmons there to J.K. Simmons again? Like, even the video game for Spider Man didn't even put a face to him. They just made <laughs> him a voice because you're like, what do we what do we do? We we 
we can't outdo J.K. Simmons in this yeah. role. I mean, I did briefly like the idea, the rumor that was floated, like, what, two years ago that J.B. Smooth might be J.K. Simmons. I thought mm-hmm. that could have been pretty funny, a nice way to kind of uh, pivot when you can't have J.K. Simmons anymore. But I guess we can have our cake and eat it, too. As long as this doesn't make, uh, as long as this doesn't make nerds feel, like, entitled, you know, there will have to be a new Wolverine eventually, and it mm-hmm. just can't be Hugh Jackman anymore, you know? Right. We can't, re- you know, we can't bring back... Um, we can't bring back everybody to reprise these characters because age, life, time, it keeps moving. So I think it's great that J.K. Simmons can it, come back, but eventually he can't be J.K. Simmons for eternity, you know? Right. Well, here's the thing. He's such an ancillary character, or at least was mm-hmm. in, in, in Far From Home. Like, he was essentially the post-credits scene uh, reveal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the MCU, I don't think they've ever reused any characters from the other movies um, or any other franchises so far. So this is a first, but I don't think it's a trend-setting kind of thing because Simmons is such a, you know, uh, J. Jonah Jameson is such an ancillary character. They could never reference him in the next movie, and it'd be fine. Uh, to be completely honest, that's how like little he affected the story. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I'm glad he is back because you know he does have that um, that does that strong performance of being a. Uh, for lack of a better term, like a very active political person against Spider-Man in, in, in the news world. So he's like, he's like this, he's just like this old newsman. He just really nails it. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I guess yeah. I hope he, I hope he gets, I hope he's getting paid well. Cause he deserves it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, you know, I hope to, uh, uh, I, even if he did just voiceovers for the next movie, I think that'd be fine too. Like, you know what? Speak, speaking of older white actors, I know this is a very uh, bizarre segue, but uh, we kind of decided to uh, perform some self harm here in the Royer household, and we watched The Core on uh, Amazon mm-hmm. Prime, which is the awful sci-fi movie of restarting the Earth's core with nuclear bombs, because that's what happens in sci-fi. If uh, something's broken, you nuke it, and that'll usually fix it. Uh, much like the sun and sunshine, they also use a nuke. But I forgot that uh, Stanley Tucci is in the core, and I really love Stanley Tucci, and I would love it if maybe they could find a place for him in an MC movie at some point in time. But, I mean, he, well, he, was on, briefly in, he was briefly in Transformers. He was literally... The, the the linchpin in the first Avenger he he played the doctor who gave Captain America the oh, serum oh yeah that's <laughs> right yeah but he he dies in like the first act find a way to no no he doesn't die in the first act he 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 dies about halfway through um but I did uh, my my wife has been on a Hunger Games kick because the new book came out the prequel mm-hmm. um and both of the on air presenters are um I can't Toby Jones and Stanley Tucci and mm. they were both in Captain America was Arnim Zola and uh, the doctor. Yeah. So I mean, come on! They bring back Zola as a computer. Bring back Ducci yeah. as something. I don't know. Make him a zombie. I don't care. <laughs> they could definitely. They could definitely not make him an old Jewish scientist. Um, and and probably make him oh, like how man. he is now and, I feel and be fine. I feel silly because once you started to uh, pipe up in the middle of my Stanley Tucci MCU thing I was just like oh no wait a minute wait a minute I, like <laughs> it's kind of like a, it's kind of like when a character in a movie starts to, their memory starts to come back and their cloudy visions start yeah. to clear and I was like wait a minute Stanley Tucci in glasses uh, in the 1940s oh wait he was in Captain yeah. America wasn't yeah. he <laughs> Well, as soon as you start saying that, my God, he forgot that one movie. Uh, again, that's been like 10 years now, so it's easily forgettable. Bring back Tucci. Let's make that a hashtag. Yeah. Release the yeah, Tucci cut. The Tucci cut. cut. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Jinx. Uh, but bringing speaking of characters that have had a lasting impression in the MCU and bringing back, Loki is getting his own TV show, despite, mm-hmm. in fact, being killed in Endgame, or not Endgame, Infinity War, very early on. Um, and the show could be confirmed for two seasons here. Uh, we've had um, reports that the first season is six episodes, 
um, which is yeah, it's par for for the Disney Plus streaming shows. But Tom Hiddleston has mentioned uh, to to other people that he's being committed to twelve episodes for this show. Um, so do you think like they've already like, hey, we're gonna try to film two back to back pretty quickly to get uh, a turnaround with you yeah. or? I, I think it seems likely that there'll be two seasons, uh, yeah. just because, you know, if you have Tom Hiddleston uh, committed, you might as well pump out two, and it seems like maybe they're uh, pulling an Apple Plus here and just, you know, uh, renewing everything before it even airs, because I'm sure they know it's going to be successful. Yeah. I mean, it's 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 proper premium, cream of the crop MCU stuff. You can easily make two seasons of it, and people will watch it. But also, to play devil's advocate, just because, you know, uh, these are just kind of... Uh, uh, words floating out there in the world. Uh, actors kind of get contractually obligated to more than they ever do all the time, just mm-hmm. because they want to be like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna commit you to twelve, but you know we'll start with six and see where it goes. I just like the fact that like Tom Hiddleston is like uh, is a real serious theater actor that is just too busy to keep track of seasons and streaming services, so he doesn't realize when he tells people he's committed to twelve episodes, he's just kind of confirmed a second season because he yeah. doesn't even. He doesn't know where the show's going or how it's being released or, you know, if it'll come out all six episodes at once or six weeks in a six weeks in a row. He's just Tom Hiddleston. He's just getting paid and dressing up. So yeah. I always like that. I always like the like to remind people that like actors know like the least about what you want to know about when it well, comes to the the show. They don't really have the deets until they start reading scripts. <laughs> and they don't even know then in, in Marvel, like, you know filming extra scenes, stuff that never makes it, secret mm-hmm. scripts. You know, Marvel's very secretive about what they're doing. We don't really know what's happening until it happens. Mm-hmm. So um, I totally believe that's the case for this. I, I think uh, we've also talked about they've had, like, other production companies with the number two for this show already lined up. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the first one, they, they solved the time crisis, and then the, the, the second one would be some sort of other Loki journey I'd, I'd love to chase down. So Yeah, maybe some sort of final wrap-up, because yeah. it seems like, you know, you killed Tom Hiddleston proper, in the MCU, it kind of seems like it's kind of it's time to wrap up his character, give him a little bit of a final arc here in this alternate timeline. Maybe he, I mean, he did find redemption in in um, Infinity War, in Infinity War, and Ragnarok. I always, yeah. I always forget the I always forget the title of that. I, sacrificing I call, himself to save his brother. Well, someone called me out last week. I called it um, End War instead of <laughs> Infinity War and Endgame. I was like, it could be Infinity Game. But hey, no, there there is there is audio software out there now where we could just go in and just have an algorithm algorithm fix that for us yeah but why do that i'd, I'd rather someone tell me i'm wrong than you get you know. all the nooks and crannies with us you get all the cracks and imperfections do, every week do you ever <laughs> uh as as we as i work off my laptop for the first time in in like a year for this so um but yeah loki two two seasons i think that's fine i think two's 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 good he'll at that point he'll be in the mc what 15 years uh, or so, so I think you know everyone needs a chance to wrap up their MCU stuff and take a bow, and that would be a good time for him. Uh-huh. Speaking of Disney Plus, Mike, uh, big news for everybody: The Simpsons, the classic show that's like on what season thirty or something. I don't, I don't <laughs> know at this point. Um, is now in the correct aspect ratios for the classic episodes. Finally, no more cut off jokes being yep. stretched to widescreen. 
Um, my favorite part about this is because I'll do a little uh, complaining about user interface here in a couple topics, but there's a nice little toggle button inside of the Disney Plus app that lets you turn off the quote-unquote remastered widescreen edition mm-hmm. uh, that, they're, that they're touting of what widescreen is. So you can finally watch it, and it's intended 4 by 3 aspect ratio. And if you're curious why they don't just have a, a 16 by 9 version laying around somewhere, uh, when you animate something, you only animate exactly what you have to. The, no one out there was animating the extra left and right side of the screen just in case in the future it would be 16 by well, 9. So I'm just glad the original crop exists and I can watch how the good Lord intended. Yeah, and this is one of my biggest complaints with Hulu. They have all of Seinfeld on Hulu, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they they have the HD, the 1080, but it is, in fact, uh, slash pan scan uh. cropped. And I'm like, I'd rather watch a low-res version and see the whole screen than watch this trash. <laughs> Uh, I get it. You want you want a high def version, but high def the whole thing and just leave the black bars. People know they they're not dumb. They get it. TV shows up until like what two thousand five or even later mm-hmm. didn't didn't even know what a four by th- or a sixteen by nine screen is. They were just like four by three. This is every TV in every household. This is safe space. Yeah. Play it like this. So. It's like you're a streaming service. You rent or own an ungodly amount of servers. Just put up a new rack and throw up the original yeah. version and just let us have the option. Good lord, man. Yeah, go download it off a torrent site. Someone has it for you already. You don't have to do the work. Yeah, you have given Jerry Seinfeld so much money. Get the money's worth. Put that second version up. Yeah, yeah. Let let people have the choice of, of what they want to watch it in. So exactly. So Simpsons is now up to par on that. I think a lot of people will be happy. Uh, some people may have not even know. So <laughs> it can go either way. It is kind of funny though how the four by three aspect ratio is awkwardly stuck in between the two most popular ratios right now. You can't really stretch it to sixteen by nine, but if you wanted to crop it to make it a square, like for Instagram, you still lose a little bit on the left and right. Mm-hmm. So actually, it's more it's more intended to be cropped, I would say, for a square. So it's kind of nice if you if you follow any like Instagram fan uh, fan accounts for any like old cartoons or old sitcoms. You know, if you watch those videos, you're kind of getting closer to the original ratio than if you're watching it on a high budget streaming service well what's crazy is youtube i don't know if you've noticed this if you upload a different ratio uh a video it actually crops this player to the ratio of the video yeah which Uh, is kind of bizarre sometimes because you'll load a page and be like wait 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 the comments are very very high now yeah exactly like it's really super wide like cinema scale or it's like Mm -hmm. tall like a video like a phone video so they, they they tend to they they've got a really good player for that so if someone else can just adapt that player and make it yeah. responsive, yeah, go for it. Yeah, that's, get it that's going. what we say. Uh, Mulan, the movie, I'm I've, I've seen like a trailer for it. I don't remember, you know, I don't know if I want to watch this movie or not. Mike, um, is has a potential again for straight to digital release um, mm-hmm. for this movie. Disney said they would be happy to make fifty percent of a normal one billion dollar average summer movie on this one. Um, wow, I think, I think it costs two hundred thousand to make or two hundred million or two hundred million to make and they want 500 million yeah i mean we kind of talk about this straight to digital stuff quite often on the show and it all it always kind of circles back around to like i feel like lawyers you know everybody kind of has to reach out to every single person who's in the film that has any sort of contractual thing to uh theater release like any sort of profit sharing so they're just like hey you know what we're going through it's probably going to be a while till this hits theater and even when it does go to theater it could have a lukewarm reception how about we go ahead and we'll either give you a percentage of the VOD sales or we'll just go ahead and buy 
buy out that part of the contract. We'll just give you a lump sum right now just so we can get this movie out there. You know, you're a working actor. You want your face out there in the screen so you can make your next deal. You know, you want to make sure you're staying in the public interest. So, yeah, I would imagine it's just not as simple as like, you know, let's just let's just drag the file away from the movie theater server and drag it to the video on demand server. There's a lot of a lot of. Uh, a lot of eyes to well, dot before well, it can happen. It wouldn't be VOD, I guess. It would be the paid digital, I think, is what they're looking for. Yeah, because I, think that, I think that's still technically yeah. considered video on demand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, whatever it is, they're looking. They're not putting it on Disney+. Plus. They're putting it on pay first. Like, mm-hmm. Because they're like, okay, people will pay for digital movies, right? Piracy is less of a problem now than it ever was because there are all these legal ways to watch these movies. So they're like, put it on iTunes, put it on Amazon, put it on Google, wherever people can pay for this. Let's go ahead and give them the option to pay now and start making some money off this. It would just be so funny if Mulan hits the digital marketplace uh, and New Mutants doesn't. It's just like, what movie out of those two deserves a digital marketplace release? It's New Mutants. Mm -hmm. So we'll just keep reading the tea leaves and waiting to see what happens. Oh, no. I mean, New Mutants has to hit theaters. We talked about this with the contracts um, for the Fox merger. And then, like I said, it can't even go to Disney+. Plus. It has to go to HBO first. Uh, for an indeterminate period of time. So um, th- this is wild. I, I just, I think if Mulan went to digital first, I have a higher chance of watching it than going to the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think you might be the same. Probably. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is kind of more uh, uh, the Royer household in general, but we're probably not going really anywhere until we are totally safe well, from this pandemic. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any movie theater uh, attending well, in the year 2020. Take that off. If everything was normal, I would still say this is not a movie oh, theater. Oh, yeah. Like, if <laughs> yes, everything was normal, exactly. I'm like, I'd probably still watch yeah, it on digital Yeah, first. I mean, like, geez, I was uh, I was pretty much dragged to Beauty and the Beast, and I think that's the only uh, kind of Disney movie I've seen in theaters, kind of, you know. The live the action? creations, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we, we'll keep forward. We'll keep looking at that, see if they release something this summer, because Disney's got to put something out to make money. Like they can't just keep putting it on on Disney Plus, even though it is good and good stuff. Did you uh, did you see their plans for opening their parks? They're like reducing capacity. Everyone's gotta get their temperature checked before they come in. Like no one's gonna be able to like touch stuff, or I don't even know how it's gonna work. It almost just seems like it would just be losing money. Like how much money does it cost to just turn the park on every morning? It seems like you gotta have more attendance than yeah. like half of the park. So. Yeah, uh, but but also good, at the good. same time they have to be. I mean, I think legally they have to be covered from for like if something happens and then sued because of that. Like I don't think insurance covers that kind of thing. Yeah, is, is I'm not saying I don't think they should open up at yeah. all. But I mean, I guess Disney's gonna find a way to make money. I mean, when I was watching the the Disneyland documentary, the Disney Park documentary, when Disney Plus launched last year, they just kept talking about like. Everyone was always surprised that the Disney parks were like a, such a big revenue generator. Everyone always thinks of Disney as like Mickey Mouse or Marvel now or their properties or their movies or their merchandise. But, man, their parks bring in so much well, have revenue. Have you seen how much a Coke costs there, Mike? Of course it's all profit. Uh, I can buy that same Coke down the street, 69 cents, right out of a vending machine. Over there, oh. it's like 20 bucks. <laughs> but it doesn't come in a collectible cup that you drink out of a crazy, Man, wacky straw. We are redoing our floors. I emptied my pantry out, found all my classic cups from, from Disney <laughs> in that, that pantry in the back. So uh, I, I loved it. I liked the Disney experience, Mike. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a shill for that kind of thing. So uh, sign me up for it. 
Are you going to watch Doom Patrol ever at all? Maybe? No? <laughs> well, it seems to be uh, one of the few DC Universe options available on HBO Max, so maybe it's my only option. <laughs> yeah, it is the only DC uh, Universe show uh, on here. So I've actually got it pulled up right now on, on HBO Max. I don't know if they have season one, but I know season two, it looks like season one is already on here. Yeah, so okay. if you want to watch all of Doom Patrol and you don't have DC Universe, guess what? on HBO Max, but it is the only show off of that um, streaming service that'll be on here, according to their uh, content manager. Oh, man. I think this is a great segue to kind of jump right into the <laughs> HBO Max news, because I, I have so much to say about only Doom Patrol being available, uh-huh. and it all goes into talking about HBO Max. All right. So just in case you want to uh, Doom Patrol Season one's on HBO Max, Season 2 will be there. Uh, but HBO Max has officially launched, Mike. Uh-huh. We're looking at it. We both had it pulled up before this because we're confused as hell. But that's that's, <laughs> that's a different story. This is only on select platforms. Uh, I've talked to several highly disappointed Roku users. Me um, this being week. one of them. <laughs> Mike, Mike is the primary one. Uh, listener superfan Jim sent me a message. Uh, so he and both you, I believe, are the only options you have right now are to watch it on your PlayStation 4. Yep, or or if I wanted to watch it uh, on my phone, that, that's yeah. a possibility too, because the okay. iOS and Android marketplaces are, are yep. very obvious. You got to launch on those, yeah. and, and you have web versions as we both yes. as we both said. So so they have that. Um, however, I did I caught this little bit here. It's not available in the United Kingdom for at least the next five years. Oh my so gosh. I apologize to any UK person listening to this, but let me tell you what. You're not missing out on, all, on a lot of original content yeah. here. Or or you might not be missing out, but it still could be very confusing to begin with because well, I, I'm not trying to float our own boat here, but we're pretty, we're pretty savvy. Yeah. You know, we've been doing this podcast for a while. We try to keep track of all of these different licenses, all of these different properties, who owns what, where is it at, where is it going. And even us, it's like hard and confusing to figure <laughs> out. I can't even imagine what it's like just being like my mother. If my, like, you know, if my parents wanted to like just stream yeah. HBO Max because you got HBO Go, you got HBO Now, you got HBO Max, you got DC Universe. And it's just like, they're all literally owned by AT&T. The mega corporation AT&T owns all these properties, but they still cannot legally get it all under one roof right now. Yeah. Now, uh, Disney had a similar problem when they launched, but I don't know if they strategically waited long enough or if maybe they didn't piecemeal out a lot of their uh, their stuff as much before they launched. So they had, I would say, a larger percentage of their catalog and, ready to go under one service and, and we'd known about that for a long, what, two years at least they, they've mm-hmm. been working on it and and, and and getting contracts either completed or possibly even paid off with some of the disney money now hbo and not not so much um it looks like <laughs> they're borrowing a lot of content here if i could be honest uh, the big bang theory is one i i don't think it belongs to them but it's on here somehow yeah, and it's uh, it's it's a little confusing trying to figure out what they do on, like you said, or what they're leasing. Like you, they, in their in their user interface, you can kind of go under each of their brands and kind of see what's streaming under there. Now, if you go underneath the Turner Classic Movies to see what's streaming on their Turner Classic Movies, it that's just really confusing to begin with because Turner Classic Movies doesn't make classic movies; yeah. they license classic movies and they just air them on television. So, how does Turner Classic Movies even work on a streaming service that that just mean they have the streaming rights to show these old movies and if you're browsing and if you're browsing through the catalog it's really strange if you're browsing through the turner classic movie catalog you do see these classic movies 
in the list, but then you also just come across what's labeled as just an HBO movie like that's in the list. So it's just all very confusing about what goes where, like, why are you showing, like, are they just saying like, oh, well, this is a Turner classic movie, but it also just happens to be in the HBO catalog. So we're just trying to let you know. It is just so confusing. Yeah. Well, what's cool is I do like Turner classic movies and it is confusing, but it is classics curated by them so it looks like I, i'm seeing things from singing in the rain to little shop of horrors uh to yeah. uh even down here silent films with charlie a whole charlie yeah. chaplin section all all really really good stuff but all uh, of that stuff is licensed so it's not like it's not like these things are like owned outright yeah. by at&t it just in a couple of years if that stuff gets licensed by somebody else you might be watching you know well, um uh, my dinner with andre on netflix in a couple years you know it's almost like that category is useless well, I, I think it's. I don't think it's useless. I think it's, this is like this is the category my grandpa is going to, right? If, mm-hmm. if anyone above the age of fifty wants to watch a movie, they're like that. I want that, that they remember from their childhood, or I think this is where they would go. I think these are very generic because what's what's happening is I don't like. We talked about these categories, right? HBO, DC, Sesame Street, TCN, Studio Ghibli, Cartoon Network, Adult Swim, Crunchyroll, Looney Tunes. They're at the very bottom of everything you go to. That's that's the worst case. I think a lot of people are going to either be using search or possibly um, the last chance tab, uh, mm-hmm. which is interesting. Like, how do you have a last chance for this thing that just launched this week? <laughs> These are leaving soon. Uh, why? Don't, yeah. Sh- why would you a, do that? Yeah, it's a really confusing story because I think pe- some people think that this is like a brand new streaming service or, you know, uh, this is something that AT&T just whipped up from the ground up when in reality, the best way to think about HBO Max is this is HBO juiced up. So everything that was on HBO before is still there and you can even see it from their technical stack. I didn't have to download any new apps. This yeah. is the HBO Now app with a new icon image they added and they connected new stuff to the library so nothing went away for hbo users so yeah like you said it's really confusing you have a what's leaving tab because hbo now has a what's leaving tab so it makes sense that stuff is leaving so it's just yeah it's all very confusing because they don't have that same brand identity that disney has everybody knows what a disney thing is but Mm -hmm. nobody knows what the hell an at&t thing is because the at&t thing is still relatively new it's a relatively new acquisition but but they don't even say that i mean a lot the average viewer is not going to think at&t when they think HBO Max. They're going to think HBO, and they're going to look at this and, like, well, some of these say HBO underneath them. Like, the Meg says HBO, but, like, that's not HBO. Like, what, yeah. what, what, what is Brave? Why does Braveheart not say HBO? It's on HBO, mm-hmm. is it not? This is a very confusing interface. There's a lot of good content in here, though, Mike. I'm going to tell you, they, they yes. do have a lot of variety of things, again, from classics to new stuff. You got a lot of Batman movies, the Hobbit movies, the Lego movies are in here. You want to watch Justice League by Joss Whedon and not Zack Snyder? It's in here. Um, even the last year's Hellboy, Mike, that 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 people Who? hate, they hate to love. Uh, they love uh-huh. to hate. Um, but I, I'll tell you what. I, I this is funny because I'm looking literally right now at eight or nine DVD cases of Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> uh, with my cup, I waited in line at San Diego Comic Con to buy at the Adult Swim booth. I spent most of my time just watching the Adult Swim Aqua Teen stuff. But we talked about it right before the show. Not every Adult Swim show is on here. Yeah, and I do like that they did make an Adult Swim category. I do. I am thinking into the future, and I know this uh, this service will fill out after time. You know, mm-hmm. because you know HBO Max will le- like legally own some of these categories, and some of the stuff will never leave it once they once it comes back. But yeah, when you do go to the Adult Swim tab, it does seem pretty lackluster, just because there's only like 
literally, I think, like well, eight or 12 things. So, like, the, you scroll, and then it's done. Like, you scrolled, like, you made one thumb swipe, and you've seen the entire Adult Swim catalog. Well, exactly. There's the featured series, right? And you're like, okay, these are the featured ones. There's obviously more. No, that's it. Yeah. That, the feature ones are the ones that are in here. Uh, so, you've got classics like Space Ghost or, ho- or Home Movies, or even new ones like Primal. Uh, Uh and Samurai Jack so I think it's got some good stuff in here the movie choices are pretty good I'm very happy with some of the stuff Um, but you know there are some stuff that was promised to be on here that was not yeah it's very shady yeah so like Batman Begins uh, and The Dark Knight Rises aren't on here Uh, they're in the promo they're in the scissor reel you see Nolan's Batman throwing punches he is not available to stream right well the Matrix movies Blade Runner Doctor Strange Love Annie Hall uh, lethal Weapon, uh, even Mask of the Phantasm, which was an animated movie that I've never got to watch yet, uh, is in there. Snakes on a Plane, Mike, classic Snakes on a Plane is not on here. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's just, they, they didn't, I don't know what the contracts are. I don't know if, if the coronavirus COVID-19 pandemic has changed or delayed some of the, the contracts. I don't know. I, we don't know that stuff. But they did not deliver what on some of this stuff, and I think it's going to be a little bit of a stumble for this. This, yeah. this, this, this service is good and I think it has the opportunity to be great, but it's going to need six yeah. months before they it gets are, there. Yeah, they are in contract hell right now, basically. I mean, it's just so weird that the DC Universe streaming app, all of that stuff is not ready to go. Oh, I only say that just because the DC Universe streaming app is 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 relatively new. It's only a couple years old. So it's I'm just surprised that there's no executive who just nobody told him. It's just like, no, 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 we're making an HBO streaming service. So when you're when you're making these contracts and you're making these streaming deals, make sure you include HBO Max. So when we launch, we can combine these catalogs and that didn't happen. So it's just it's just like I'm not going to spend no I'm not going to spend any extra money to reach out and get a couple more shows. I know a lot of people out there were excited to watch the Harley Quinn animated series and mm-hmm. that didn't end up coming over and it seems like they would have tried to push that cuz that's one of their standout series over there at DC Universe. Seems like that would have been really good for their HBO Max catalog. Yeah, and, and having people sign up for both or not offering a bundle for both is, mm-hmm. is another, you know, a kick in the pants, if you will, for for people yeah. who want to have all the content but they can't. I mean, one parent company not giving you all the content, you got to go piecemeal it out a little bit and mm-hmm. that's that's not very fun yeah there uh, is one thing that we can ding them on there's one thing that they have in their control under their power it is their user interface mm-hmm. and it is their it's, it's it's as simple as their play button if you go to oh, the studio if you go to the <laughs> studio ghibli category and you see all these beautiful miyazaki films all presented with this nice landing page this awesome subtle background image at the top showing showcasing some of the beautiful backgrounds that studio ghibli makes it's gorgeous it's beautiful but when you land on the page there is no indication anywhere that there is two audio tracks for i think think nearly every film there uh you know they do great english dubs so if you're like a dub sub like snob or anything like that they make great english versions of their movies so there's nothing that should stop you from uh, watching any studio ghibli film but there's like no drop down box there's nothing nothing letting you know that there's alternate versions in there you have to like click the play button to figure out that it's a toggle button actually and then it's it's just incredibly confusing yeah we we talked about so i click it so just to let everyone know you click on to to select to begin with and depending on what your native language is will be what it is in um right now we tried kiki silvery service i'm going to try what's this porco rosso porco rosso rosso Uh, i'm going to click play and then if it opens up here uh, it's defaults to English for me, and it starts playing immediately. There's a pause you know, that, button. I pause. 
And that's actually a really good example because I've heard people say that the Italian version of Porco Rosso is actually the optimal version to watch that movie in because it takes place in like the – or it's either Italian or it's, it's either it's French. Italy. It's Italy. Yeah, it, yeah, it takes place in that kind of countryside. And I guess the uh, the Italian voice actor that they have for, for Porco, Porco Rosso is just apparently amazing. So if they had that version, if they have that audio track available, I don't know if they do or not, there's no way to know. There's no like – at least on like – on Netflix, you can kind of drill down and see all the audio well, tracks available. Uh, so, at the very least, they can fix this. They can do this on their own. You know, well, hopefully, it doesn't take six months like it took Disney Plus to get the four by three of The Simpsons. Uh, just go in and tweak your uh, tweak your code a little bit. Well, I think I mean Disney Plus has always updated their interface. That's easy enough to do. Um, mm-hmm. Getting getting whole files is, is a different thing. But this is the confusing part. Is if you're it'll play automatically your, your basic language, but on the right, there's literally a play button in Japanese. So if it doesn't start playing automatically, well, you're going to click on the play button, right? And that's yeah. going to change it to Japanese for you, and then you're going to be confused. Um, at least even, like, I would even take, you know, again, we use the service Plex, Mike, right? Mm-hmm. They have a great thing where you slide down or slide up from the bottom, and it says, you know, audio. You choose your language right there. Like, that's how everybody else does it, even Disney, mm-hmm. even Netflix. Just make it that easy. Like, you yes. don't have to overthink this and say, oh... Obviously, it's in Japanese as well. Yeah, we know. We we know. Um, oh. Give us more English choice or more voice change choices if we choose to, because you can turn on the closed captions on any any one of these at any given oh. time. So I, I've turned it on here and horns blaring, passengers yelling in panic. Great. Uh, so I, I think you know HBO the interface does need a little work. They they should have tested this. They should have been beta test, Mike. It looks like a breed between. Um, the uh, was it the Apple TV interface and Disney Plus's interface and then Hulu's interface. So, get get a little work. But Mike, there is great news. They have fast tracked Anna Kendrick's original series on here because of audience demand. Hey, so, I mean, I haven't I haven't gotten around to watching it, but I like Anna Kendrick. Yeah, I forget what it's called here. Uh, Love Life, Love Life, mm-hmm. new episodes every week. So apparently they're accelerating this. I don't know if that means they're gonna put out more a week or if they're gonna like get a second season going. But they're gonna digitally scan all the actors because nobody can film anything yet. So the next season will be all computer generated. It's gonna be very strange. But well, they're gonna do quarantine episode, a quarantine season, <laughs> if you will. But I mean, you got people out here slamming their fists down, Mike. We want Kendrick. We want Kendrick. So. Uh, good luck to that. But if anyone's trying HBO Max, it is live. You can go check out the library. I think it's got a good collection. It has potential. It just isn't there. Run over there and watch Teen Titans go to the movies as yes. fast as you can because how is that leaving? Where's it going? Warner Brothers owns it. They made it. I mean, it's a I don't DC under- streaming service. I just don't understand, Chris. I just don't understand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what would be funny if it's technically leaving, but then it's like going over to like Cartoon Network, which just circles back around. So it's leaving, but it's just going under le- under a different tab. Yeah. I don't know. Well, we watched uh, also this weekend. I watched a lot of the classic Looney Tunes, not the new. Well, I did watch the new Looney Tunes, but I watched the classic Looney Tunes on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, uh, what was it last night? We were talking Fresh Prince of Bel Air on there. And let me tell you, that stuff is still relevant today. Mm-hmm. Ironically relevant. So you can go check out some some old shows in there that you grew up with. Uh, what you can't watch is Zack Snyder's Justice League yet, though. That that's that's coming, Mike. They're they're threatening. They're, they have, it's turned into a threat into a promise. <laughs> you got we got to wait tens of millions of dollars before yeah. we can uh, before we can watch the Snyder cut. Well, Zack Snyder has graciously uh, presented us with a full color 
low res version of Darkseid. Oh um, God, very low res. Where did you find this? I can't. That's even, his. That is I his Twitter. Well, I meant like Zack Snyder oh. himself. Like, come on, like you know how to use editing software. There's a screenshot button in there somewhere. Yeah, you obviously <laughs> had modeled this for your movie. Uh-huh. Where is the model for this? Don't don't give us this low res stuff. And it looks is this maybe the 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 planet of apocalypse or is this the Earth battle going on in in the scene where they show the history of the world with the Amazonians and the Green Lanterns and everybody's fighting. Uh, what's his name? Um, Steppenwolf. Mm-hmm. I don't know so where yeah, this is going. Yeah, it's hard to tell. Is, it, where, is is he hunting down a mother box? What exact what exactly is happening here? Yeah, there's a lot of lava and it's very blurry. So uh, we get a look at dark side. Great. Beautiful, whatever. But someone, I think it was an executive we, we talked about this week. Someone, people have been saying, oh, this movie's cost $20 million to make. And he's like, I wish it only cost $20 million to make. <laughs> so people at HBO are like, they're not thrilled, it sounds like, with this movie. But it does not sound like, you know, it's one of those things where they're just giving $20 million to finish it. There's some other <laughs> stuff that has to be done. Here. Yes, this just reinforces. The Snyder Cut never existed. It was not finished. You have to yeah. pour. You have to pour pour and pour buckets of money into it to get your Snyder cut. So um, there's no conspiracy theory. There's no hard drive on a shelf. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Otherwise it'd be out tomorrow. Um, And I I think the other thing is, you know, what we don't think about, you know, even though this is coming to HBO Max, there's still going to have to be marketing dollars. Um, There's going to have to be a marketing campaign to push this, to buy, to get people to the HBO Max subscribers. So they've probably put that in there as well. Um, but I, I fully expect there's going to be a lot of CGI work oh, and a lot of um, ADR I work. I want to see it. There, man, just the – this is like unprecedented. I just got to see it. I'm so curious. I mean – Not unprecedented. You, we talked about that last week, but go on. I, I mean to, to the level of what yeah. it's at. I mean you just, you just don't see stuff like this. Uh, here, I'll rephrase it. You don't see stuff like this very often. There you go. Okay. And it's just like – it's like when you get to run like a scientific experiment. You get you get to see Hollywood make two movies over again. And it's well, just it's just entertaining. You know, I work in in, in marketing. Uh, this is an A B test. Yeah, exactly. We're, we're going to give you Joss Whedon's uh, Justice League, and now we're going to give you Zack Snyder's Justice League, which is like they feature maybe a little bit of the same footage. And which one go. got more clicks? <laughs> yeah, well, obviously Zack Snyder's because it was the one that was shunned and 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 put a, put away and. There was a, you know, again, you're buying banners to fly over Comic-Con from airplanes. Like, Jesus Christ, these people, they're they're the ones making it worse for me. Otherwise, I'd just let it happen at this point. But sad news, or not sad news, I guess news is, there's tons of reports going around. Henry Cavill is not in talks to return to Superman. Just let everyone know. However, there's interest from WB to make it happen if they, mm-hmm. if they, if they want him to. Yeah, I would I would say the news was relatively fair extrapolation though because I feel like the last time people checked in on Henry Cavill and Superman he was just like I got the cape in my closet I can pick it up whenever I want so he was basically saying when whenever and whenever I get the call I'm ready to jump back in so it seems like everybody involved in the party is ready to get going and ready to keep it moving so um, but but no one's talking that's the thing like will it happen like I guess here's the thing what do you do with the new DC universe? Uh-huh. You have a new Batman, right? Ben Affleck is not coming back. Superman, I mean, what's what's his name? Uh, Henry Cavill, he is out making money doing other stuff. Like He needs to work, right? You can't just wait around waiting for Superman to call on you someday. And what is it? When did, um, did it 2013 when Man of Steel came out? 2014? Yeah. 
I mean, I feel when we were talking about the Snyder Cut, uh, what was this? Uh, Time is a construct now. I don't remember if it was a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, But I feel like I unfairly said all of the Justice League characters were dead in the water. But then once I thought about it, I was like, wait, no, no, no. Wonder Woman's still out there. We're getting another Aquaman movie. Henry Cavill could step back in. You know, Ezra Miller seems to be possibly moving forward as the Flash. So really, it's just Ben Affleck as Batman. But Ben Affleck is such Uh, a... It's such a... Oh, yeah, Cyborg, yeah, he would still be around, but it's just like, it's weird because Batman is still such a key character. It is weird to imagine that all of these Justice League actors moving forward without Ben Affleck, but I wonder if you just do a straight-up recast, you know? I guess you could have your Robert Pattinson younger Batman running around doing his young Batman movies, Uh, but then maybe you just recast an older Batman and you kind of keep the the Batfleck going just without the fleck part of it. (laughs) The the problem is, you know, they said this even with with Zack Snyder's Justice like that is not moving on beyond that, right? Like that world is done. So what do they do with this new world? Even yeah. Aquaman was like, yeah, that maybe happened. And yeah. then like for like three seconds and then they ignored it. Yeah. Well, um, the, the director for Shazam, uh, David Sandberg, he's very, uh, he's very active on social media and on the internet, he even has his own YouTube channel where he puts up behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I would recommend following him. Yeah. Also, I, I also liked the Shazam movie. So I, I, I thought he does. I thought he does. I believe he does good work is what I'm trying to say, but he was kind of putting up some uh, Shazam Superman memes on his Twitter account. I don't know if he was making them or just resharing them, but uh, he had this funny edit of the, his end credit scene where you see just Superman and the cafeteria from the neck down, and then he panned the camera up, and Superman just has this really long giraffe neck, and you see yeah. Henry Cavill's head on the top of it. And I was just like, so at least you got the director of Shazam, who is officially doing a sequel, saying like, hey, you know, I'm not afraid to say Henry Cavill is Superman in my world? I mean, it's pretty much the same well, costume. Yeah, I don't pretty know much if anybody's. It, everything. I don't know if anybody's face. analyzed the detail of the costume, but I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing Henry Cavill pop up in a Shazam movie. I don't want Superman to take it over because I really love Zachary Levi and those characters that they've that they've well, created. But it'd be kind of cool to get a more official cameo, I guess. Well, what if you? What if, I mean, what if you just get rid of Batman and Superman and, and make a new Justice League? Yeah, like, I mean, like, like the Avengers were not that team of Avengers until they made them in the movies. Yeah, it's not not saying that we can't do it. It's almost like, what if you kind of take this approach of maybe the big bad comes in and straight up kills Superman and Batman, and then that totally changes the world for all of these DC characters, and they have to pull themselves up, you know, kind of bring in some young Justice characters that are filling in some of the ranks. You know, the only dicey part of it is is um, Zack Snyder kind of already tried this. He was like, I'm going to start my whole new DC universe. I'm I'm going to start it kind of later in the life of all these characters. Things have already been established. I'm going to kind of create my own new narrative. And then it didn't go well. So yeah. if they're going to do this, hopefully they have a, a really visionary producer that can really kind of track this stuff on the whiteboards. Well, I don't, I mean, the problem is you have to nix so many movies. Like the first Suicide Squad, no longer applicable. Mm-hmm. Um, the Birds of Prey, doesn't really, no, not applicable. Um, the Joker, not applicable. I mean, there's just so much more recently. It's, it's such an interesting place to be. I just don't think... I think there's an opportunity to put in new characters. You don't have to kill them off. 
Yeah. You just put in new characters and be like, all right, this is our there, new team. I mean, there is such a perfect solution right in front of this, and it's the most comic book solution that there ever is, is you just, like, make worlds collide, make alternate dimensions, make Flashpoint a thing again. I mean, you have you have all of the storytelling narrative that you need to make this somewhat make sense because comic books do this, yeah. like, every five well, the, years. So <laughs> the, the Flash is the only way that it could work easily. Mm-hmm. Um. As, if they, as long as they actually make that movie. Uh, I mean, uh, that thing has changed how many directors now and how many release dates. <laughs> so uh, if that one hits, they could probably rewrite a lot of this. And I think if you need to change your Batman and Superman, that's your point to do it. Uh-huh. And, and and just go from there. So we'll we'll see how this happens. We'll see what, what plays by. <laughs> as we always say, we'll keep you posted. Yeah, Jesus, we have to at this point. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog... Is the number one watched at home movie this year? Hey, good for you. Yep, it passed Birds of Prey uh, this week to to become the number one movie, and then also a sequel was announced this week with the same writers to return. Hey, well, at least they'll hit the ground running in the right direction. There won't be any yeah. delays. They got their visual look for the characters. Um, yeah, they James, got that down pat, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I haven't seen it yet. I know it's up on Chris Flex, so I could watch it uh, very easily if I needed I'm, to. I'm not watching um, it either, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to when I get around to it because uh, I've kind of slowly starting to, uh, to really fall for James Marsden. You know, he was in uh, Westworld for a while. He was kind mm. of... Of a, he's kind of like a side character, I guess, connected more to one of the main characters. So you got to see a little bit more of him. What was his name? Teddy? Yeah, Teddy. He was? he was more primary in the first season than, than the yeah. second. But uh, James Marsden also was, is in the first two seasons of Dead to Me, which is a show I kind of plugged a couple weeks ago on the podcast. So uh, James Marsden is really hot right now. I mean, he's uh, he's picking some good stuff. Oh. I guess uh, sl- I guess uh, Sonic the Hedgehog might be sloppy seconds for him though, because wasn't Chris Pratt supposed to be in there originally? It, yeah, well, they, I mean, they had yeah, different roles, yeah, people. But I, I mean, I think you again, James Marsden is Cyclops. First and foremost, he he brought <laughs> you, Cyclops you, to life. You can't get the Cyclops out of your head. No, and, and then like head. like one and two, and then the third one it was. Yeah, we're not gonna talk about that. But then what, <laughs> what did he do? Was it, uh, was it sex? The movie Sex Drive. He like was. Uh, oh God, what is Sex Drive? What are you talking? No, about? It, was, it was like this teen travel across the country movie. Seth Green played an Amish guy, and, te- uh, and James Marsden was an older brother. Like he played like a. Oh. Like, I, like, James Marsden is eternally young looking, so he can play like almost any age role. But uh, I mean like. He he's been up and down, like on top of the game with X Men and back down and now back up again. So, um, I, I think uh, it's, it's interesting. I think I think Sonic the Hedgehog. I'd like to watch. It. I'd like to see Knuckles in the Chaos Emeralds in the second one. To be honest, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, I'll take anything at this point. Jim Carrey is regular looking Doctor Robotnik. Uh, again, it's coming from someone who hasn't seen the movie. I want to see that. So. Mm-hmm. Give us some. Yeah, we have things that we want to see, even though we haven't seen the movie yet. Yeah, yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot on our plates. We got a uh, lot of unjust demands over here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I got, I got no floor, Mike. What am I going to do with my life? Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean that, that's that's our notes for this week, Mike. We we wrapped up the show. We got her done uh, it, somehow. But if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? 
Well, they can check me out at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. I'm almost at a milestone where I don't really put a lot of effort into uh, the Facebook page for Pickled Comics, but we are almost to 1,000 likes, which is uh, pretty impressive because I have not done any marketing on the Facebook side of things, so I'm pretty happy that I'm going to get that uh, 1K milestone soon. So if you want to push me over the edge, I think I'm only like a couple away, so you could be you could be the 1,000 thousandth like on my uh, webcomic but you can check that out at pickledcomics.com Chris if wanna, if people want to catch up with you uh, you finally got your AC fix so obviously you're not going to mm. die of heat stroke anytime soon but maybe if they want to see if you kill yourself with like a flooring hammer or something where can they find you? Oh yeah I forgot my air conditioner was broke last week wasn't uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm living a much better life uh, but you can find me on uh, Twitter Valdain V-A-L-D-A-N I, I shared pictures of my uh, carpetless floor earlier so everyone can you know pray for me hopefully get this done uh, without you know killing myself or you know my wife killing me, one of the two. Uh, you can also head over to uh, Instagram Volume eighty seven down there as well. Uh, or Comic UI. If people want to know more about our show, listen to our episodes. Uh, where can they find us at, Mike? Oh, so easy to do. All you got to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That is the best place to find all the avenues we host the show and to get our awesome show notes. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. Uh, please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter or Instagram, and you can get merch or swag, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> My wife and I had like a, a slight argument earlier this week where we were trying to figure out the origin of swag or like when it started to become popular because she was like, writing something up and she was talking about the movie Hitch back in like the 2000s and we're like was swag a word back in the 2000s and it was just ridiculous because we had to google it so that's something that we did during quarantine was google the origin of swag so but if you want superhero slate swag that is at superhero slate.com slash store uh as always we love hearing from you uh what do you want us to talk about what uh are you mad that there's not something in the hbo max catalog that you thought they were going to be uh do you have a roku or an amazon fire stick uh because it's not on any of those things right now i don't think it's ever come Coming to Amazon because I think they're beefing, but I think it might come to Roku soon. So I'm crossing my fingers. So, what out there is annoying you about uh, uh, just inconsequential stuff in entertainment? Uh, we'll, we would love to talk about it. Um, so, please reach out, let us know. We love our super fans. So, mm-hmm. if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you have to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, wash your hand, uh, support the movement out there, and we will be here every week. Yes, especially next week, and we will see you then. All right, bye, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Well, when you showed me, I'm like, he didn't put those down himself, did he? No, 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 no. We uh, we have people for that.